Live from Tristan Cassis's Mojo Dojo Casa House, it's Pesky Report, episode 281. I'm Ed Hand, uh, um, the social media manager of SoxProspects.com, and I'm joined today by the the man that you're really all here to listen to, let's not kid ourselves, uh, Han Vale. How are you doing today, bud? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic, man. Like, uh, my agendas are thriving, so therefore I am thriving. I gain energy from my agendas being correct. Good to know, actually. I didn't realize that's where you were getting so... No no wonder you're so powerful. Your agendas are always going according to plan. Makes sense. Adds up. I'm also joined by a gentleman that abandoned me at the Red Sox game yesterday. Uh, Timmy Hardcore. Tim, I... So, listen... (laughs) True story. I met Tim last night. Uh, we posted a picture on the Twitter. If you guys are at the X or whatever it's called now, uh, if you guys want to uh, uh, see proof of that, if you don't believe me. Um, so, Tim, you know, we were watching the game. Good vibes all around. Red Sox winning. And Tim goes, I got to, you know, I'm just going to go for a little bit. And, you know, I kid you not, 20 minutes later on the big screen, there's this dude with his shirt off and his pants down and, like, surrounded by, like, six women getting thrown out of the game. And I think that was you, Tim. Like, could you tell me what happened? Um, so, what happened was I was going to go up to the Truly Terrace. Halfway there, I saw Zach Campbell. Um, I decided I needed to get naked and tackle him. But so I got naked, and, like all the women around him decided to just come tackle me. And so, of course, oh, so they were oh protecting him. That's what was going on there. So I unfortunately did get kicked out, but they said I was only allowed in Truly Terrace. Had to be like, I think it was like 69 feet away from Zach Hample, and that was like the perfect distance. Who so is I Zach ended up Hample? a person uh, that everyone hates. Oh, Zach is that Hample. the guy? So this actually, this really did happen. We were sitting in the Zach Hample section, and someone hit a home run that he caught. Uh, and we all collectively groaned (laughs) yeah there is something that i need you to confirm tim did i not say earlier that devers always hits home runs when i'm at games there yeah yeah and then he hit a home run yep that did happen i was so i had no clue what inning it was because when you're in the truly terrace you don't have like anything that indicates the inning so what is the truly terrace i don't know what any of this stuff is i just go to games and watch i don't like dick around or whatever so you know, like truly seltzers. No, it's a it's a truly is a seltzer brand, and they okay. have a bar. They have a bar um up near the bleachers, and so I went up to the bar there, and there's no like the screens that you like. You can only see like the big jumbotron thing. Okay, and obviously that doesn't say the ending on it. So the bar that says the ending under it on it is under the truly terrace. So you have nothing to indicate what ending it is. Excuse me. Why so, would you want to sit there then? Uh, because the drinks are good and you get a view of the whole field. Okay, so as long as like if you're scoring the game, then it's probably like pretty, yeah, pretty solid. It's a good spot, and like it's a good spot to like meet people or hang out with people. But so I went up there and um, I just genuinely just started throwing back the Sam Adams somewhere else. Lost track of time, and the game was over before I knew it. You kept telling me you were going to drink a beer out of a shoe, and then you didn't do it because you didn't think enough people were watching. Um, no, I didn't do it because it's a really confined area in the bleachers we were in, and I didn't want to <laughs> spill. It. I didn't want to spill it on you or the poor lady next to me. Wait, so you were okay drinking a beer out of a shoe, but you weren't that you had been wearing the entire day. Yes, but you weren't okay spill that. That 
that that is some confusing ass logic, Timmy Hardcore. But that's why that's why you're Timmy Hardcore. You do hardcore shit. You have confusing limitations. I I have more common courtesy than limitations. You have more common courtesy than Zach Hample, which I do think is funny. After that, Raphael Devers home run. It's just funny, like how everyone like unilaterally accepts that, like fuck this guy. We all don't like him. <laughs> I'm the Mullins guy tonight. Do you remember that one? <laughs> oh no, yeah, I did. I do remember that one. Because it's like fucking like this loser, like he's like fucking sprinting in these sections to cut across people who fucking are sitting there to like catch a home run and fucking steal it away from these dudes. Like, oh, you know, maybe these guys will catch their home run ball, make a member of the rest of their life. Zach Campbell's like, nope. And like he also stiff armed four children on the way to get to that ball. So it's 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 always good Dude. to keep that in mind. So you know those um those like kids that are probably my age that are on TikTok that get to go like on the field and like interview the players. Yeah. Like they do that podcast or whatever. So they were interviewing Hample last night after he caught the ball and they were like, What number is that for you? He was like, Oh, this is my nine hundred and ninety second career home run ball. I was like, No shot, dude. It's like I, I don't like you. <laughs> So I guess that's why everybody was telling me to like get arrested for assault, but it would be worth it, and they'd pay my bail if uh, yes. if I had yep. the opportunity. I was too stoned to um, do much of anything. It was pretty great. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was a Mets game, Mets series. Um, pretty good series for the Red Sox. I guess we're here to talk about baseball, so we should probably uh, we should probably get on that. Um, so let's go to uh, game one um, that was played Friday night um, initially. And yes. then it got dragged into a sort of doubleheader Saturday that I actually missed because I was doing Barbenheimer. Um, Let's go. And I was at, I think I was at a, um, Oppenheimer for that first part of it, which good movie. Go see it if you get the chance to. Um, but I did watch the first portion of it. Um, and, you know, the Red Sox went up pretty, pretty early in that one. You know, like things were... Things were looking up. Uh, good things. Good things happening for the the Red Sox of Boston. You know they had uh, they had that Yu Chang two run double that would have been caught anywhere else. They they got up to a nice nice little lead, and then our friend uh, Jared Carabas got into uh, the booth. And normally I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't give him shit about this because I love Jared. But this is like the third or fourth time this has happened this year. Like, do, what's going? Like, you know, like if it's once or twice, like that's you know, that's a first time it's unfortunate. The second time it's a coincidence. Uh, is he like telling them something? Like, <laughs> hey guys, I'm watching you, and like they're just freaking out about it. Like, what what's going on? Why do why do they suck so much? Specifically, when he gets in the booth with uh, with whoever Dave is with that day, and I guess Dave O'Brien too. Ed, can I counter that with a question to you? Yeah. Who has a higher ERA, Pat Light as a Red Sox or Jared Carabas in the booth? <laughs> I mean, I would think <laughs> probably Jared just because of, like, it's more outings that he's gotten hammered in. That's true. Like, because I don't know if Pat Light pitched enough to... Um... I was looking on reference. It was close to a 40 that's not very good. <laughs> That's not very good. I saw a Pat Light pitch in AAA, and he was—I thought he was going to be like a future closer. I thought Pat Light was next. Was a what? I thought he was like up next. I really thought he was going to be really good. Yeah. And then he got traded for like Fernando or Pat or something like that. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, so then they, anyway, long story short of all of this is that despite uh, Tristan Cassis doing his best, uh, just really showing off his legs and uh, running out a triple and, you know, like his best effort really, um, the Red Sox um, ended up losing that first game. No, but didn't you know it's uh, it's uh, it's Cassis's fault they lost that game because he committed an error and uh, no runs were scored after that error, but it's still his fault because, you know, fuck yourself. Well, uh, according to the official box score, the Red Sox didn't actually make any errors. Oh, no shot. Really? Yeah, yeah, zero <laughs> errors, but one for the Mets. Dude, <laughs> they do not score errors at Fenway Park. What's they that? haven't been doing it in general this year just because of, like, you know, they're just, they want to increase batting average. That's what I've been hearing anyway. The agenda. The agenda is being pushed. Probably so yeah, Red Sox. Red Sox lose game one. It's the first game of that doubleheader. And they do this in spite of, um, you know, a couple of decent games. Tristan Cassis hit that triple, one, two for three, scored a couple of runs. Uh, Jaron Duran had a nice game. Chang hit that wall ball double. But, you know, Crawford just couldn't get it together. Bernardino gave up a run. And despite the Mets basically trying to give the game away, I swear they just, they, they had the bases loaded and no outs at one point. They didn't get anything across. They, Yep. Red Sox just couldn't do anything about it. And uh, I'm sure they wanted to forget about that quickly. I kind of do too, so we don't have to talk about it much longer. Any final thoughts on that, uh, Mr. Hogdale? I think Fitzy Mopeng, you described this game uh, aptly when he said as soon as it ended, it's like, you know, the good thing about that game is that it was an exhibition that didn't actually matter. <laughs> so that was the good news is actually that one did not count. You, you heard That's it here first. Know. That, that's good to know. Um, how about, how about, Tim, were you at that one or were you at the second one first? Um, I was at the second one. I was still um, – so when the game got postponed, I was still driving, and then I was still asleep during when the game resumed. Okay. And then you saw Tristan Cassis hit a triple and were very confused. Yes. Makes sense. So any, any final thoughts on the – any final thoughts on that game? Tristan Cassis is a cool dude. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's very fair. He is. Um, so, yeah, that's that game. Um, not really a lot to go into on that one. But then we get to the next game, uh, which was played that night. And, again, I missed that one because I was seeing Barbie this time, which uh, I enjoyed. I don't it, – it's kind of funny that it's been so polarizing to amongst some circles. Um, I, I guess some guy um, – like Ben Shapiro went on like this like 43 minute tirade about why he hates Barbie. Dude, he brought a something. notepad to the Barbie movie. Like, like anyone, he's just so deeply unserious. Like he's like, I'm going to bring my little notepad. I'm going to scroll the notes down. Is that what he sounds like? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. Actually. That's, that's a real, that wasn't an impression. That was a, a real audio recording of Ben Shapiro that actually just played from a recorder that you didn't see me to pull out. Damn. Damn, it's so woke. <laughs> I didn't even. I mean, I don't think that saying the word patriarchy necessarily makes you woke. Um, that wasn't no. really the. I, I I I could go on about this for a bit, but I I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was. Well, good. see, like, um, listen. There's a uh, there's a there there were two crowds, and it came to the Barbie movie. You either uh hated women or enjoyed the movie so really like uh i'm glad to see that you fell on the right side of the spectrum ed uh, uh i mean 
I think that I had a friend I that I saw it with yeah. that is that it identifies as female that um, thought it was kind of mediocre because Probably while it was. was fun to watch and nice visually to look at, uh, she thought that they didn't really um, they had a lot of stuff they were trying to say and they weren't that concise and saying it and she wasn't really sure what they were trying to say by the end of it and I I can kind of see that I, I can kind of see that being listen a you know what they say but, broad generalizations. The best way to describe things. That is true. So listen, you know, when I'm giving these broad generalizations, it means obviously I mean it with 100% intent and totally no irony or jokes. That What are jokes? I have never made a joke on this podcast once my entire life. You're, you're, you don't joke. You don't joke, Hunt. No, I'm, serious I'm guy. deadly serious. We're talking about serious middle of summer Red Sox stuff that is very serious business that we won't totally forget about based on how things go in September. I know my entire existence after Alan Rickman's portrayal of Severus Snape. That's how serious I am. Well, why not serious black then? Because <laughs> he was a goober. <laughs> uh, anyway, go, go uh, game two. Game two. Um, I missed that. Tristan Cassis went off, hit two home runs. Yoshida won three for four. Um, we got a good game from James Paxton, not his best game, but after what had happened previously, we got a good game from him. Um, three, he went six innings, uh, three runs, two of them earned, one walk, seven strikeouts. He outpitched future Hall of Famer Max Scherzer, who gave up two home runs to Tristan Cassis and one home run to uh, Yu Chang, and then one more home run to lead off the game to Jaron Duran for good measure. Um, so. <laughs> A lot of home runs for the Red Sox. I think Justin Turner hit his 16th later on in that game. Um, it was a pr- pretty pretty satisfying uh, win there, especially after I think that broke up a three-game losing streak. So that was nice to see them not go on like a six-game losing streak this time. Um, but there, I mean, there were some other interesting things that happened there. We got uh, – it looks like based on this game and the game last night, um, it looks like we've got – Josh Winkowski back. He's, oh, he's back. Be, I don't think so. I, I, I think they just have to use him for one inning. Like that's yeah, pretty uh, much. You just start using him for one inning instead of two, and it seems like he he has a pretty good amount of success that first inning. Why do they keep using? Why? Uh, I hope that now that John Schreiber's back and everything, he got activated. He's getting activated today or tomorrow. I forget which one. I hope that once that happens, you know, like they they keep doing it instead of. Because uh, Brandon Walter just got sent down to Triple A, Justin Garza also to make room, um, so they don't have that same multi-inning guy there if they're still using Pavetta. Um, they could have, they literally, like they, they literally could have just fucking ILed Arroyo. Like, why, why send Walter down? He's looked good. Like, why not keep him up? I mean, I can tell you why just from running the trust meter. There are like eleven relievers right now. It why makes me why, want to hurt myself. Why don't we just get rid of Joe Jakes? I don't know because he's a nice guy and he pitches <laughs> good he's sometimes. A nice guy. Man, this Red Sox bullpen, like with Schreiber back, is so lethal. Like Tim, didn't you want to make Jake's? Like, uh, <laughs> didn't you want him to be the the pitcher of the week a couple weeks ago when he had that like three out save? Yes. How? how why why turncoat? No loyalty on this man. Turncoat. Like uh, this this Red Sox bullpen right now is so unreally good with Schreiber back. Like, if your starter gives you five innings and, like, you're up by two runs, the game's over. <laughs> I mean, the way the season's been going, I feel like 
you know, once they start getting some starting pitching back, the bullpen is going to like fall apart or something. It just, it seems I like mean, everyone will have to get, get hot at once and it's frustrating. Because like you have three dudes like who you can lock down, depend on minimum. Like you can depend on Jansen, you can p- depend on Martin and you can depend on Schreiber. Like those three, like they're just have been extremely consistent for the, for the Sox. There's yeah, another what? guy that you're kind of yeah. There's, off there's here. somebody you're not talking about right here. A certain here. lefty that just continually doesn't get respected and looks like he could be an enforcer in Breaking Bad. He is amazing. Like uh, I, he, he we just don't know his like name. That. It's uh, it, yeah. it, it's Bernie Barberino, right? Yeah, Bernadard Buberuno. Love that guy. Booby Barberino. Yeah, he's been great all year too. I don't know. Like uh, maybe it's just because like we haven't seen him in, in like the high leverage spots a ton of times, which isn't his job. Like he's been fantastic. I like him as the opener. I he's great as an opener. opener. Like he's great, but in terms of like the three dudes who like in the eighth or ninth inning, like you need to uh, get locked this inning down. I don't think like it's a stretch to say like uh, Schreiber, Martin, Jansen is like your like you know your three in whatever order you please. I would contend that you could mix it mix and match with Barberino if there's like a lefty heavy. It's a lefty, yeah. I don't feel I uncomfortable would, with him at all. That. I mean, more so in the seventh. I think Martin in the eighth and Jamson in the ninth, you kind of have to keep doing, even though it's fun. It's so funny with closers, too, because I don't think anybody would argue that Chris Martin has had a better season than Kenley Jamson. But you're not you're not infringing on Kenley's ninth. You're just not. Like, that's his spot, and no. that's what they've been missing the last couple of years, honestly, is a true blue guy. The guy you can just go the ninth to. Ninth is his. Yep. Like, listen, um, fucking being able to interchange seven, eight, nine from like either like Schreiber or Winkowski seventh, like eighth Martin, ninth Jansen. Like, what it like the other team just isn't going to score any runs. It just, it's simply not going to happen. What did you think of the Cassis homers? I didn't actually see them. So, can somebody tell me what those Cassis homers um, were like? Being there, um, it's probably. Like the way the ball comes off his bat is insane. Like it's so effortless. Like the the first one that he knocked into the bullpen, he just barely swung and it just left. And I was like, okay, he's here. And then he hit the second one. And I was like, okay, I'm at the Tristan Costas game. Let's go. But overall, it's just Tristan is different. I love this guy. Hogdale, did you watch the game? Uh, I did. I watched all these games. I gotta say, uh, th- this episode is like, I just feel like it's just my victory lap. It's just insane, like, how dead-on correct I am, like, 90% of the time. It really is insane. Like, it's crazy more people don't listen to me. You know, Some have said if one were to describe my life, it'd be the immeasurable weight of massive talent. That person may or may not have been me, but we still move anyway. And, uh, yeah, man. I've, uh, I've literally... talented. I, was this, are you just talking about your adult film career? <laughs> maybe being, that's a story for another day maybe. but shut the fuck <laughs> i will not have fucking talk of elon ruining the app i've spent a decade of my life on in this episode fuck you man like fucking it's just crazy like how you call everyone like who paid attention like how Chris, tristan Cass's career to this point has gone like called this like he stinks in his first month he gets incrementally better the second month, starts lighting, you know, then starts just being on fire the third month and, like, just is great the rest of the season from there. Uh, he's He's been phenomenal. He, he's 
he's been him. He's been the first baseman that we dreamed that he could be. He still has some improvements to make defensively, which are kind of like weird, like with how like we saw him in Triple A. Like it's kind of weird that he's regressed to this point defensively. But I have confidence that he will get that together eventually. You can learn defense like through, through enough repetition. And uh, you just can't try and the type of hitter that he is, man. He He's finally figured out that like I can be aggressive early on. And it, even if I get down in counts, my plate discipline is so elite that like I'm, I can just get myself back into the count anyway. It's so, like, don't worry about it. Be aggressive. All the numbers reflect that he's been more aggressive. And it's, it's paid off for him in dividends. And like, yeah, his power is natural. Like he doesn't need to like exert a bunch of extra effort into his swing in order to fucking make that ball fly. It's just in him. Look at his fucking tree trunk thighs. He, like he just needs to make contact and the thing is being ripped. Yeah, he's improved his stats as we're looking at this right now. Um, he's up to 247 for those of you that care about batting average. Like I, I, I am one of those people actually, but uh 247 average, a 351 on base percentage, so his OBP is uh, over 100 points higher than his average, and a 465 slugging percentage, all good for an 816 OPS, um, which, you know, is pretty solid. He's got 45 walks to 84 strikeouts in 322 plate appearances. So I also believe that he has accumulated, I think, a 0.3 or 0.4 wins above replacement, which yep. is staggering, considering I believe he was close to a negative one went above replacement at some point earlier this year. So like he's been uh, digging himself earlier this month. Yeah, actually, because <laughs> um, first basemen are unfairly punished. But he, um, yeah, he's up to 0. 0.6 for B-War now, which is, you know, like not great, but not like negative either. And it's been rising pretty quickly. The 14 homers are good. 36, only 36 RBI, but, you know, he hasn't, he's been batting late in the order. I think, I wouldn't be surprised if they move him up a little bit. I think he's been batting sixth a bit more lately. I'd love, I'd still, I'd still love to see him leading off. I really would. He's just a great, he's literally the, the perfect, like prototypical modern leadoff hitter where it's like, we don't really care about speed too much. We care about getting on base and Tristan Cassis, like, gets on base it's just what he does although like i love jared duran at that leadoff spot he is like the, the quintessential prototype of like the the leadoff hitter the like you know we grew up watching where it's like this dude is fast as fuck <laughs> i i yeah. think duran though he's a mix of both because he is finding his way on base and he's fast so that's why like no it's not like he's undisciplined no like, he's very disciplined i don't have it, a problem with duran leading off i really no, not all um He's just, I just want to so see unfair a couple on the bases. Passes there. I'd completely get that. Durant's so unfair on the bases, man. He's so good. And uh, within this series, like Cora did something he hasn't, uh, he hadn't been doing before, which is like playing the, his best players every game. Like he played Durant and Cassis, I believe in all three of these games. Well, it almost backfired that first game. I mean, they lost the first game, but there was that inning that uh, the Mets kind of gave away where there were two balls hit at, like right at Justin Turner, who was playing second base. And he kind of, Kind of botched both of them. Neither of them were considered errors, but he, he should have had them. Um, and so that's still going to happen, even if you're playing the best lineup that you can. But I, I agree, it was nice to see a lineup that was that didn't have like a glaring weakness. And like, even I, if it was like you, Chang. And I think people like just haven't realized like like we've been like praising Jaron Duran. It's like, but like when you really look at how good of a season he's having, like he's having like one of the ten best center fielders in the league kind of season. Like 134 OPS plus 881 OPS. Like he's stolen 19 bases. 
I think he'd be leading the league in batting average if he qualified, or at least close to it. He's up he's to close. I believe he leads the league in doubles. Does he not? <laughs> um, if he doesn't lead it, he's very close with. 25. I think he's two. And considering, especially, which is kind of wild when you consider he missed like the entire first month. Like, dude, Tristan Cassis. Um, so yeah, uh, just uh, him and Cassis. Really, it's a lot of revenge. On... Rip Ed's microphone. <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad. Bro, froze. Serious. It's not even my microphone. It's just the internet here sucks. Basically, uh, the young the, the young core of this Red Sox team is thriving, and the future is so extremely bright. You need shades to fucking see it. Like it's just it's blazing in your face. Let me ask you a question: Who do you consider the core right now? You have to pick. Let's go with seven players. Who is that core? Uh, Raphael Devers, obviously, number one. one. Uh, Yoshida, I feel like, has cemented himself as a member of the core. Cassis is a guy you're going to build around. I, 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 I really think Duran has made his way into like being a core part of future plans. Am I like, am I wrong by saying four. that? No, no. I mean, yeah, for pitcher, uh, pitcher Bale, obviously, like he's a dude you build yep. around. <sighs> That's five. I've got, I've got think, two more pitchers that I can need. Think two of. more. Two more. Uh, what were one of the pitchers you were thinking about, Tim? Josh Winkowski. He's not a core guy, though. He's a I reliever. Think, I, but you need a reliever that you can rely on. And I think, like, I know relievers are volatile, but there's some guys who just have it. And he, the thing is, like, a lot of the dudes in this in this lineup are old. So it's like, oh, by definition, they can't be, they can't Hogdale, be the core. <laughs> Hogdale, we're choking. We're choking. We are choking. We are absolutely Connor Wong. Choking. Connor Wong. Yeah, I was gonna say, why is nobody saying Wong? Yeah, Wong. yeah, he he is a guy like who who cemented himself. He should be part of this team going forward. Connor Wong, absolutely, because his framing can improve. Like he isn't the best framer right now, but like one, we might have Robolums within the next three years. Who gives a fuck? And two, you can improve that. Gary Sanchez proved I don't, that. I don't give a shit about framing. Give me a catcher that that makes all the plays he's supposed to and has a rocket for an arm. W. That is such a fucking W. And uh, who we say our number seven is then? I think it's tough, but I think it's got it's somebody that's hurt right now. It's probably it's either Hauk or Whitlock. Yeah, yeah. Take your pick. It could be either of the two. Yeah, or Story. What about Trevor Story when he? Comes oh, back? it has to be Story. You're absolutely right. I just forgot about him because he's hurt. Story's definitely yeah. part of the core going forward. Yeah, if we're talking, I mean, I picked seven arbitrarily. There were other guys, Cutter Crawford, the other starters that I mentioned there, Winkowski to an extent. Um, and you still have some guys in AAA right now that are starting to get close and looking like kind of interesting. This the Red Sox, like the young core, is improving rapidly. Like it shows such potential for the future, and then they have a core of guys who are really good right now and are in their prime and are set to be in their prime for the next three or four years. I mean, next year, like they are set up so well to go out and like truly be like like after an offseason, like the best team in the American League East, like to be a real contender, real World Series contender. This you know they, They're very close. You know something interesting, somebody I noticed uh, that wasn't mentioned by you guys, Alex Verdugo. Are Man. we just upset that he's slumping for the first time all year? Or no, I think the seeds of doubt have been placed in my head because of the fucking trade rumors. <laughs> it makes even, me sad because I love him. I don't even think it's just that. It's that like... For me, at least, like Ed, we were talking about it at the game. He Connor Wong has a chance to end up being the best piece we got in this trade, which that doesn't help for Dugo's stock. 
So it I doesn't feel like, hurt it exactly though. Cause no, it, it doesn't. The it next, doesn't. What, this is what we were saying at the game. That's what I said, at least the next step up for Wong would be to be the same level as yeah. Verdugo, but as a catcher, it's infinitely more valuable than a right fielder. And that's like where that comes in is like the valuable piece. I'm trying like when you say core, you got to think about the guys that are most valuable. And I feel like the Red Sox have guys who are coming up that you could easily slot into right field. I, th- I think that that is underrated for Duco's consistency because his co- his floor is still like a 280 hitter with with good mm-hmm. doubles power, and he's added that ver- that high. His defense has been excellent this season. Yeah, he's slumping now. We'll see where he ends up. He's never going to be like a 2020 type guy. It's not his game to hit for power. It's not really his game to steal bases. But he'll give you a good at bat every time. He'll hit the occasional home run. And he'll hit a shitload of doubles. No, listen, um, Alex Verdugo is a valuable player. He's turned himself to like a solid, you know, four, four and a half win player, which is, he's not at all bad. He's he's a good player. He's a really good right fielder. And like you said, like catcher's infinitely more valuable in right field. I mean, in a way, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, right field at Fenway's like, it's just a second center field. Like it's, it's, it's a different animal. So, I mean... It's tough. It's uh, like the trade rumors around Verdugo aren't completely unwarranted just because it's uh, it's like, I don't know, can they improve there? Do they want to get someone even better? Like, can they get that some valuable be, pieces for him? That would be the thing. It's also like during the offseason, do you want to go after a Teoscar Hernandez type guy, like a right-handed power If it's perfect or... for the Red Sox. Perfect. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was game two. They won it eight to six. Uh, Kenley Jansen had to come in and clean up Justin Garza's mess, uh, but they ended up coming away that one, from that one with a win. Um, and that took us to game three, the ESPN game of the week, in which the I hate ESPN so much. I hate that their broadcast sucks so fucking much. They blow so much chunks, dude. Stop. Stop with the ESPN. People used to complain about Joe Morgan uh, being a color guy on it. I love Joe Morgan, and I still think he was great. Um, But boy, like I was glad to be at that game and not listening to it. Uh, It's just I want. I am a baseball fan. I want to watch the fucking game. Let me watch the fucking game. Every five seconds, you got to deal with some bullshit and anecdote about something that doesn't matter. I like to talk about like, oh, some classic Red Sox ship like 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, man. We totally know what we're talking about. This so matters. Oh, then we're going to cut to a, a fucking dugout interview. Oh, then we're going to cut to an interview with Rafi on the field, not letting him do his goddamn job. Let him do his fucking job. He fucking let him focus, for God's sake. I love Rafi. And he's funny. And he's like very personable. But dude, let these guys do their fucking job. Like, you don't see an NFL game, like, fucking, like, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, and he has to, like, answer Troy Aikman's dumb fucking questions while he's fucking midway trying to, like, do his job. You, I despise these ESPN broadcasts. I don't care if it makes me come across as a crotchety old man. I'm sorry that I want to watch the fucking sport that I enjoy watching. Holy shit. So yeah, you don't like ESPN, huh, Dale? No, they're they're all right. Old man yells at Cloud. It's so true, <laughs> dude. Like, t- you're the oldest twenty three year old I've ever met. This is so sad. I've, that's not the first time I've heard that. It's like, dude, <laughs> let me watch the fucking game. Like, I, I don't disagree. Baseball's a good sport. Let let them play it. <laughs> the thing that I don't like is when it does start to like interfere with the game. 
like when you miss a play because of that. And they do it on at Nessing too, not to the same extent, but really anywhere. Like they'll have like an interview with like somebody going on in the booth and I don't care. I, I, I don't care. I'm sorry. The Jimmy Fund is awesome, but we, we don't need it during Like, I'm sorry. Unless the, the dude like, who's doing the interview is Bill Burr, I don't care. All of you shut up. Let me watch the game. Holy shit. Like, don't make me get up and mute my TV, you bozos. Especially when but I can, yeah, like... they, Red Sox did beat up on Carlos Carrasco in that game. You know? Yeah, Carlos like, Carrasco pretty, is pretty, kind of pretty cool. <laughs> He's not very good anymore. <laughs> no, but the Red Sox got like 10 hits off of him. It was just, and it wasn't even like home runs or anything like that. They were just, uh, they were just getting hits, just beating up on him. Uh, running into a lot of outs too. Like Jaron Duran ran into it out in the first inning where he was a little late on like a failed uh, throw at third or something. And, you know, like he ended up getting thrown out at the plate. Then uh, Raffy got thrown out at third. It just it felt like it kept happening. Mark Ca- uh, Mark Cano threw out Tristan Cassis at second base. It, it just sort of, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter because the Red Sox were just in complete control of the game the whole time. And that's even with it being, um, you know, an opener in Bernardino. And then uh, her boy Chris Murphy came in, pitched uh, 3.2 one run, in, uh, one run innings. We got some uh, got some good work out of him. Got some work out of Winkowski, who cleaned up, uh, struck out two guys. Then Julie Rodriguez came in. Joe Jakes came in. Uh, Chris Martin bailed out Jakes, and then Brandon Walter uh, shut things down in the ninth inning. So it was just a smorgasbord of that gigantic bullpen, but it it worked. Nobody on the on the Mets could figure it out, and uh, yeah, they they won that one six to one. Uh, Raffy hit a home run uh, that we talked about earlier. Uh, Adam Duvall went two for every. Uh, it was actually a pretty impressive day for the lineup. Uh, everybody had a hit except for Masa Yoshida, hilariously, um, <laughs> who's still hitting. Even though he went over five, is still hitting three fifteen. Um, you know he's leading baseball in multi-hit games. Yoshida, that's crazy. Yeah. So on a day in which one, two, three, four, five, six Red Sox had multi-hit games, uh, Yoshida was held hitless. Uh, then Turner and Chag only had one hit. Uh, Bums. You, you know, just, just <laughs> even Kike Hernandez got two hits. He sure did. Base didn't look terrible. Tim and I kept looking at each other and being like, "Are we witnessing the the first Kike Hernandez game since 2021?" And no, we weren't. But he did have two hits, so that was that was a nice thing to say. Up in his trade value, man. What a guy. What what a go. Are you guys hearing about that? That the um, the Dodgers are potentially looking at a reunion with uh, with Kike because that. I, before I heard that, I was like, no, t- he's getting $10 million. I'm like, yeah, the versatility is nice, but he's not hes not playing well. Um, but the Dodgers make sense because he's going to know some of those guys there, some of the younger kids there. He still, I'm sure, has contacts within the organization. And it just makes more sense for him to be there, it really, than the, than the Red Sox. They, The Red Sox don't need him right now. The Dodgers could use well, him. Well, it's because, like, the... Like the Red Sox, like in their like within their system, have a better Kike Hernandez. His name is Sadon Rafaela, and like he 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 can literally just effortlessly slot into that Kike spot if needed. <laughs> yeah, if somebody else gets hurt, you have a D. You have him and William Abreu. Can I think you can he can be a serviceable fifth outfielder if that's needed. They have two. They have more infielders than they know what to do with that kind of fill the same role as Kike right now between him. And jam thumb Christian Arroyo, Pablo Reyes is back, Yu Chang. I mean, some guys are going to have to get cut at some point once Trevor Story's back. So, you know, if you can get some value from him. I also saw um, some rumors about Adam Duvall to the Braves, which would be interesting because the Red Sox need pitching, and I don't know if the Braves 
have pitching to trade, but we'll, I mean, it's, it's that time of year though. It's, it's if, the Braves, if the Braves trade for Adam Duvall, the deadline again, and then win the world series again, after trading for Adam Duvall, the trade modern day, Eric Kimsky. Like what the fuck, man? The Braves have been unreal this year, dude. Like, holy shit. Good for them. Yeah. Then we've got a series. The Red Sox have a series against them coming up next, which we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Well, the Red Sox play up to their competition, so I actually am kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. The uh, Bayo Perfect game is going to be chills. God, that would be cool after that. Uh, I'm so happy we're not the weekday show. I kind of knew on Sunday <laughs> they were going to win. It's because I was like, we're the weekend show. It's going to be fine. <laughs> This, we like, always have this winning series. This is what we do. This is what we do. <laughs> we, 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 we commentate about winning series. It's not in our DNA. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that if they had lost that game, I would have been just like, we're going to talk about Barbie for the next hour, guys. That's yeah. it. Let's talk about the, 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 the complex uh, social constructs that the Barbie movie discusses. Here's my 40-page document. I took notes in the theater. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Just like Ben Shapiro before me. Oh my god, man. Just terrible. Yeah, so yeah, that was a series against the Mets that the Red Sox took the whole thing. I think they, uh, the record is now 53-47. and 47. They're uh, in a tie for fourth place in the AL East. Uh, I hate this fucking division so much. <laughs> it's a difficult division, I agree, but... like, the, uh, Oh, I mean, if they were the, the, the central, they'd have a, a firm lead on things, but... Yep. They're not, and we have to play with the hand that we're dealt, not the hand that we want. And I would rather be in this position than um, starting the season really, really hot and then peaking in May, you know? Mm-hmm. Good for you, Tampa. Like, they're finding their identity. Fun. They are two games out. Uh, they're tied with the Yankees for two games out behind the Blue Jays. They're three games behind the Astros for the second spot. And they're two games ahead of the Angels, two and a half games ahead of the Mar- of the Mariners. So there's there's still a bit of a race going on right now between about seven teams for those playoff spots, and that you know that can change too. Um, Need the Angels to fall. We've off seen so Tampa already and... fall into a wild card spot rather than the division. Absolutely, I need uh, the Angels to fall. Off so I gotta tell you guys, I'm really happy. I, I I think people were, I think people were happy or not happy people were kind of bummed out that they added these playoff teams to it but can you imagine this season like the wild card would have already been decided at this point it would have been the orioles or the race like nobody would be talking about it in like july so i'm i'm glad that the playoff uh, format is i mean also like it's it's not like an insulting amount of teams are making the playoffs still i think it's still like just under a third of the league making the playoffs it's either just under or just above like I think it's, it's not just the, under half the league. It's seven, I thought it was. Uh, is it six? It's, so it's twelve teams. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah twelve so, teams out of th- out of thirty. Twelve out of thirty. What's the per- yeah. what's the exact percentage of that? Like thirty five percent. Um, six. Hang on, let me do some mental math. I'm pretty sure like thirty six out of six out of fifteen, which is divide that by three two. I'm bad at math. I don't know. One second. I'm googling it right now. Googling basic math. Forty-three percent. All us nerds, like we can't do basic math. Yes, exactly. We're we're nerds about important things like sports. Forty percent. Forty-three percent of the league. Okay, that's still less than fucking the NBA, which is literally letting like half the league into your fucking playoffs. (laughs) Cool. So, um, 
get up let's do awards uh who's the we're gonna do the three awards versus the big stick of the series uh that goes to the best hitter um i'm just gonna start with my pick it's cassis it's, um, is there even every game had the two home run game yeah cassis it's i don't think we have to is there, it's is literally tristan cassis like if this entire episode is literally just like hey tristan cassis is really good yeah clean sweep on cassis okay so good cassis is the winner of Thud. that one now, how about pitcher? Who's the uh, the son of a pitch? Who do we have for that? Bit harder. Wink. I'll I'll let you go first, Tim, because you, you, you I want to hear what you have to say. Wink. I'm gonna give it to Wink. He's back. I think he proved himself. If Cora keeps using him in one inning, like we were talking about, I think he's back, and it was a big weekend series for him especially to regain some confidence that I feel like he was lacking his last few outings because in the sixth inning, when he came off the mound, he was screaming and that's the confidence we need from wink there. Yeah, I think that's a viable pick. How about you, uh, Hogdale? Yeah, it's kind of tough because like there weren't any super exceptional pitching performances this week. Uh, I actually, I, I like wink. I'm going with wink too. Like he, he appeared in two games. He was electric in both of them. Like he got them out of a, a premium in one of those appearances. Uh, and just also just in kind of in celebration of him being back, like his stuff, like looked very on point. Uh, he looked like the Josh Winkowski of earlier this year. And like, it's not like Paxton's performance was like generational. Like it was a, it was a good outing, but it wasn't even like, wasn't close to the best by his standards this year. Yeah. I'm actually, I, I could go either way with Wink or Paxton. I don't think Wink was so impressive that I'm going to, I'd want him to win a not unanimously. So I'm just going to say Paxton, but I, I think there's a very good case for Wink also. Um, you know, he came in and um, that he kept that situation from getting too out of hand and the Mets getting back into the game. And he did that a couple of times. So yeah, Wink is fine. I would have go. I'd go Paxton just because it was another quality start for him, and when they really needed a quality start, uh, he was he was the stopper. They were on a three game losing streak, and then they weren't. Uh, so I'm going Paxton, but Wink wins for this week, and that. Um, so that's going to give. So that's actually uh, Winkowski's second win this year. His last victory for the son of a pitch was week two. Oh, sorry, week four. So it's been uh, it's been a few weeks. It's been about twelve weeks since that for him, but he finally has his second of the season. And that's actually Tristan Cassis's uh, second. It's his first unanimous uh, win for um, uh, the hitter of the week, sort of uh, the big stick award. But uh, it's his second consecutive. He got it last week from us too. So uh, that actually moves him firmly into uh, second place this year, behind uh, Raphael Devers, who has six of those. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, Winkowski's now in tied. He's in uh, third place. Um, Kenley Jansen and Brian Bayo are tied at three. So that's oh, and Paxton has two also, so he's tied. And Sale has two, so they're all tied there. It's all a jumbled mess. Uh, and that brings us to our favorite award, the most disgusting of our awards that we give out every week. Um, Hogdale is going to give out the poop sock. I don't know how the poop sock is constructed. And I don't really want to know how Hogdale gets the poop sock. I'm just <laughs> going to assume someone gives it to him. I'm going to assume it's not a homemade poop sock. But uh, yeah, the Red Sucks Award, the poop sock, goes to the uh, worst player or entity involved with the Red Sox this week. So who's who is it going to be this time, Mr. Hogdale? Well, there's like really only one player who made me like actually angry this week. 
And uh, it's a dude who uh, who who isn't even on the the main roster anymore. I think someone on Twitter said like, you know, he better make room in his uh, his briefcase for the poop sock because it's gonna be Justin Garza. I was genuinely so fucking irritated that Jansen had to be used in that game because it's such a waste. It's like we're wasting this dude's energy. We're wasting his time to have to come clean up Justin Garza, who can't manage very Ryan Brazier esque in that this way. Can't manage mop up duty. It's just too much of a responsibility for him. So, uh, yeah, Justin Garza, uh, you, you got fucked off from the team. Deservedly so. You stink. Have fun in Worcester. You bum. All right. So there you have it. Not the most. It's not. Uh, he, he, so Justin Garza, an actual player. Uh, last week, it was the entire uh, the entire people of Puerto Rico. Uh, prior to that, Alex Cora <laughs> and uh, Hernandez. Josh Winkowski. So Winkowski's back after having a poop sock week 12. He's the uh, son of a pitch week 16. Uh, prior to that, the Red Sox front office, Yankee Stadium second base, Rafi Devers, Corey Kluber, and Kenley Jansen. So those are the are, – I just like reading because uh, I like to say uh, Yankee Stadium second base there. Like, that just makes me happy. That was a great series. Um, that's our poop sock. Uh, that's going to take us to our next segment, uh, which is Ooh. three – up three down, which is uh, sorry, Tim. What was that? What was that ooh? Hugdo. I really thought you were going to go in a different direction there, but I do like the direction you went. Yeah, I really thought it was going to be Zach Hampel. I don't know why. Oh, god, it, yeah, I it would have been you, funny. You wanted to shit <laughs> would have been a good meme. Yeah, no, but anyway, picked a real person though. So, Zach Hampel doesn't deserve it. Fucking the poop sock's too good for him. <laughs> Says a lot. What does he deserve? Them? Uh, the gates of hell. <laughs> Ed froze. That guy hasn't moved in 12 minutes. This is so sad. Bro heard the word hell and we scared him away. No, he's Jewish. I he heard the word there, what? There is no hell. We There's... don't believe in hell. I don't yeah. believe in hell, Tim. So my internet's just being a fucking flake right now. Listen, like, Jewish people don't believe in hell. They just believe in bringing a notebook to, or a notepad to the Barbie movie. We all know this. Apparently. <laughs> apparently, that's true, because me and, uh, me and my distant cousin, Ben, <laughs> we all, uh, no. we all did that. No. Hang on, uh, where's, where's our, th- where's this segment? No, I didn't actually bring a pen and paper to that movie. I was really stoned for it. <laughs> How long? Uh, how long into Barbie did it take to shake off the existential dread of Oppenheimer? Um, pretty quickly. I didn't feel that much dread from Oppenheimer just because that's like that's like my neutral. Fe- my neutral is like chronic depression anyway. So <laughs> like, it didn't really do much to add that. Like, there's I, I I'm on anti I'm on antidepressants for a reason, but like I'm fine. Built different. Movie's not gonna not gonna hurt me. Um, Constructed right, alternatively. So- all right, so this feels like a fitting question to start three up, three down. So we, you ask your questions on the Twitter. We're going to answer them. We pick three every week. Uh, so this one's from Nate um, at Nathaniel, spelled N-A-T-H-A-N-O-E-L, and then uh, an underscore. Uh, will the Tristan Cassis haters ever stop, and will he hit between two seventy between the two seventy eighty range by the end of the season? So, you know, that was on topic for what we talked about this uh, 
this week. Um, so I guess I'll go first with that. And I don't think he's going to this season. I think it's going to be between 260 and 270. So if that's kind of a technicality, maybe he'll hit that 270 marker. Will they ever stop? Yeah, they will. As soon as another rookie comes up and struggles or until somebody else struggles. Like we're seeing that now with Alex Verdugo. They move on. They, they, they pick after weakness. They're like hyenas. Uh, I don't know if they ever truly so stop yes, that's, considering that's that answer. the Tristan Cass's criticism has been so deeply rooted in men like above the age of 40 who are just so deeply insecure with their own masculinity that the thought of a man putting like fucking nail polish on and sunbathing like is just an affront to their entire existence. So like as long as those guys exist in the Red Sox fan base, there's going to be some level of, of a uh, Cassis criticism. I, I, my advice would be just ignore them and hope that they, you know, seek help for their deeply fucking rooted insecurities. But, uh, yeah, as far as like what Cassis can do this year, uh, his terror would have to be insane. Like to get up to like two seventy. it would be, it'd be kind of nuts, but to keep that up. I mean, I predicted earlier, like, uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, uh, I, I think like, you know, a 250 like fucking like a 380 like slash line is not like completely out of the realm of possibility and like he may have blown that expectation out of the water he's been phenomenal he might be able to hit 260 i could see him hitting 260 like you know on base three 370 i mean he's gonna slump again at some point it's just how baseball or will he but yeah what if he didn't? What if he? I mean, if he doesn't slump again, he's going to hit like three hundred, though. So yeah, maybe he won't hit two eighty because he'll be hitting three hundred instead. I don't know. Exactly. What do you think, Tim? I think he'll finish the year between like two fifty, two sixty, because baseball there's always the slumps. He adjusted to the pitching; they'll find a way to adjust to him, and then he'll have to readjust to that. So it'll be two fifty, two sixty. Um, unfortunately, I don't think the haters will ever go away. For the same reason Hogdale does, there's just so much like fragile masculinity in our fan base, and like trying to be hidden but not very good hidden homophobia in this fan Literally. base. And uh, is it just this fan base, or is it every fan base? Oh no, it's every fan base, but it's prevalent in this fan base more than it is in others. And and it's yeah. that part of the reason. Like I hate to go like backtrack to what happened a few weeks ago. But that's part of the reason why it's so disappointing what the Red Sox decided to do with this when they needed a spot start. They went to a homophobe when there's like a deep root of homophobia in this fan base, which is sad. But yeah, I think 250 to 260 10 a year is definitely where he'll sit. Yeah. That was how the Red Sox front office earned the poop sock, was the Matt Dermody week. Oh, yeah. So thank you for that one, Nathaniel. Um, our next one is going to be from, let's see here. What's a good one? Okay, so this is from uh, Jason F. Thompson. Who is the best control, cost-controllable starter possibly available, and what would a realistic tra uh, trade package for said player uh, look like? Not worrying about aces, but a good enough starter that you'd feel good if he was in the rotation next year. So you're talking like a two, somebody for a couple of years, and not like an ace, but like a decent number three, number four. Um, that's a tough question, because I feel like somebody like Michael Lorenzen, who would be like my initial gut instinct, is going to be way more expensive now that he's gone on a tear and he made the all-star team and all of that stuff. Um 
I hate that the first thought that I think of with this is Rich Hill. <laughs> um, I don't think he's the best option, but he's just the first one that comes to mind for me. Um, I like, I mean, looking at the White Sox, I mean, maybe a Lance Lynn or something like that. I don't know. Um, I don't know if Lance Lynn would be a good personality fit for this team, but if you're talking about somebody that can start for you and has decent enough upside, like, yeah, somebody like that. Um, I don't, it's, it's tough to gauge who's realistically going to be av- available because you have to look at which teams are going to be trading, which teams are out of contention. Um, and, and which players are, are movable. What, who's, because you're also talking about two year, like a two-year controllable player, not necessarily a one-year son. I don't know. I think it's going to be somebody we haven't thought of, whoever they get, like Kyle Schwarber was in uh, 2021. But uh, I'm rambling a little bit now, so I'm just going to say Lance Lynn, Rich Hill, someone like that. How and it would cost? Um, I mean, for Hill, it's not going to cost them that much. Uh, I think Hill would cost them like a low-level prospect, like maybe uh, I don't know, like a CJ Lou. Um, maybe a Tyler Beard and somebody like that um, for somebody like Lynn. It would depend on how much Chicago is willing to eat off the contract. I think to stay under the luxury tax, it would be a pretty substantial amount of it. Um, so that might cost you, you know, somebody in the twenties, like an Edison Polino and probably another guy like the forties or fifties, maybe, I don't know, like, um, uh, Ryan Zeverhan or somebody like that, like the two of them. Um, maybe a Brader Bonici in there instead of somebody else, depending on what they want. I don't know. So somebody in that like tier of prospect. Uh, but I know Jason. I know you know who those guys are. So like, like yeah. makes it easier to explain this. Uh, how, how about how about you, Tim? What do you think? So I, young like I thought young controllable that would be cheap. I can't really think of anyone that's young and controllable that would be cheap. But the first person that came to my mind with young and controllable was Pittsburgh Pirates Mitch Keller. The Red Sox don't have have enough of the tank for him. I get what you're saying, but, but don't you can't you don't have enough in the farm right now to go for a guy like that. So it's that's kinda, gonna. This is where it gets tough, is because they don't the farm is deep, but it's not deep to the point where you can get somebody that's young, controllable, top end of the arm guy. So it's got to be somebody that's a veteran, like you said, like Michael Lorenzen or Rich Hill or somebody like of that nature who isn't controllable, like you're just using for the playoff push this year. And depending on what you're looking at, Michael Lorenzen would probably be at least one top 15 guy with the way he's been pitching right now. And then another probably mid 20 to 30 guy. Yeah, I would. I I don't think it would be worth it for like half as. For See, like, like questions like this is why I'm happy that <clears throat> Heim Bloom is the chief baseball officer of this team because I I have such supreme faith in his ability to get creative and find someone that we have no idea like what we're even looking for. Like he's so good at finding these under the radar guys like uh that are just undervalued. So it, it, it'll be good for him. Like, uh, like, like the guy I was going to mention, like was Mitch Keller anyways, but like he said, like the cost would probably just be too high. Mm-hmm. I think I might be wrong about this. I think that you'd have to give up somebody like a, a Roman Anthony and you wouldn't have to throw in other guys so, with him, but I think I, that you'd have to give up somebody like somebody like that. My and then thought, Heimblum laughed and hung up the phone. <laughs> my thought would be, my thought if they went yeah, after Mitch much. Keller, it would take like York and then another guy close to York. 
Everybody says Nick York for these. Well, Every, well, I swear no, to God, listen, it's listen, like listen. it's like that scene in uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. How come he don't want me? No, Where is he playing? He has no spot on this team. I Where is he Nick playing? York. I want Nick York, but the Pirates <laughs> literally have no decent prospects at second base. What are you talking? What about Tamar Johnson? I thought he was a shortstop. I thought he was a second baseman. Hang yeah, on, he I made have to look some pretty much the same thing wherever you want to play him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is he going to play there over uh, O'Neill Cruz? Absolutely not. I forgot O'Neill Cruz existed. This thing is like yeah, well, Nick York is like the quintessential trade piece for the other Red Sox for whatever big trade they want to make. Because he like there there's not enough spots on the team. He doesn't have a spot to play. I, I thought everybody was complaining about us not having a second baseman. I thought, oh, we don't want a Royal there. We don't want Shag there. We don't want uh, we don't want Kiko there. No, no, no. That's the thing, though, is like when, like a... when like Marcelo Meyer is up in like two years and Story moves back to second base. Like, where's Nick York playing? <laughs> second base, because they'll, they'll his his value will be increased by that point. You can trade of him course. then. I just don't want to trade story. him now. I don't uh, want to trade him now. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I want to. Maybe it's not even because I don't see either. the logic. It's just because everyone's saying trade Nick York. No, no. Not I don't want to trade him. Like I said, the price it's just too is too obvious. Oh, uh, you don't want to. We just have to. We have to do it. The price. Well, is if you're if high. you're gonna make a big trade, he's gonna be like one of the bigger pieces in that trade because like there simply in the future is no spot for him to play on this team. It's not happening. That's like have what, they been secretly they working him out in the uh, outfield? Is that what they said? Yeah, put him in left field. That's fine. Do that. Do that. I like that idea, Hogdale. You're brilliant. Cool. <laughs> the Assistant general there. manager, Hogdale. Like, yeah. Like, let's put him in right field. Let's do Christian. Let's go full Christian Arroyo in this fucking bitch. So I was, so oh, God, God, please, no. I'd buy the third <laughs> Let's not joke about that one. <laughs> that was so bad. It really was. It was so tragic. All right. So we got one more question. We got one more question. Do we what? Do we want a baseball question? Do we want a non-baseball question? Do we want something in between? In between. Yeah, why not? Okay, we're gonna go with an in between. Um, this is gonna be from uh, <laughs> um, no, that's too much nepotism. I can't pick my fiance out for this. Uh, okay, this is from. I can't. I don't know. Uh. Curtis is from Curtis Fingers at Curtis Fingers. What's your preferred baseball watching beverage? I like that question. Um, I drink a lot. Uh, it, it depends. If I'm going alcoholic for it, I'll usually get like just like a Bud Light at the game or something. Um, I don't really care that much with ballpark beer because it's going to be overpriced no matter what you get. So, well, just does it get me drunk? Sure, we'll drink that. Um, if I'm at home or something like that, though, I don't really drink that much. So usually like ginger ale or diet coke something like that how about you hog dale uh i like uh i i do not par- partake in the alcoholic beverage drinking so like uh, usually i'll just reach for a dr pepper that's usually my go-to that or like you know, maybe a pepsi or no you know, good if, uh, boy Hogdale. if i'm going if i feel i feel like trash like that that day i'll just drink some water because what you know water is good for you hot take water is good for you <laughs> i I don't know about that one, Hogdale. I think you have some enemies. I, <laughs> Big water Hogdale over here. Big water. Listen, water should not be a human right. I was totally was not paid off by Nestle CEO. 
How about you, Tim? Oh, um, let's throw a Oppenheimer reference in here. I have a trinity of things that I go to. Ah. Um, so it's water, tequila shots, and blue moon. That's the rotation. Do you, do you have a drinking problem? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most un- unconvincing no I've ever heard. It's only a problem if I admit to it. It's not a problem. I like it. I think it's cool. So you know, no, why I- are they, everyone always asks, like, do I have a it's like, do you have a drinking problem? Actually, I have a drinking solution. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right so that's three up three down uh we'll be back with that one next week as long as you guys have questions uh let's move on to our next segment um uh, you guys want to do you want to do trust meter fuck yeah. yeah i'll pull it up right now all right it's trust meter time um i think we're at like, we're like 11 dudes right now so i this is going to be a long trust meter so our long friend hogdale is just the man for the job well, already outdated because fucking number 11 isn't even on the team anymore. This is so sad. He could be, I mean, he's not on the major league part of the team. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I they didn't play today, so I don't, I don't, I'm not updating it. That's valid. I'm updating it until they play. Yeah. You wouldn't fork over the $8, so you can't edit pee on. <laughs> I don't want to edit. I don't want to edit it. I don't want to give Elon my money. <laughs> I don't want to give it to him either, but fucking, I do it anyway. Oh my god! You gotta so, be mentally strong, Hogdale. You gotta resist Elon's uh, Elon's tactics. Oh, I hate that fucking piece of shit. But sadly, I'm chronically addicted to this fucking app. Uh, number eleven spot. We're starting it. The the fucking trustometer for July twenty fourth. It's time. Number eleven, Justin Garza. I mean, he literally got the poop sock, and he isn't even on this team anymore. Uh, he stinks. He's bad, and he's no longer on the team. He's in AAA toiling. So uh, good for you, good riddance, and goodbye. At number 10, we got Joe Jakes, who has been trolling of late. Uh, I really would appreciate if he would stop the trolling. Uh, Trolling in general is not bad. Like, if Donald Trump said that, you know, when he said, like, you know, I do a bit of trolling, that should have been simulated to all of you, that trolling is not good. So stop doing the trolling. Fuck off. Fuck you. (laughs) At number nine, Dick Blyer. Uh, Better. He's been better than when he was before he was hurt. Uh, I mean, he just doesn't really have any trust equity right now. So, like, plus he hasn't been amazing. I mean, he he kind of got really unlucky, like with Justin Turner doing uh, engaging in a bit of day drinking, which you know he tends to do time to time. He's an old fuck. He's got to soothe his uh, his uh, his arthritic bones with some booze. So we got to give him a little bit of a pass on that. But at the same time, like uh, Richard Blyer was victimized from 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 this tragic turn of events. At number eight. Uh, Jolie Rodriguez. <laughs> Number eight, Jolie Rodriguez. He's been pretty good since he came back too. Uh, what, what's it? The, the Red Sox healing lab there. They got like the, uh, the, the, the healing pods from Dragon Ball Z on this fucking team. Like people were coming back from injury and they okay. look like they're actually competent players again. Are they saying so they get stronger every time they almost die? I think only, only Nick Pavetta. <laughs> Time Bloom loves to injure the players and then heal them in one of those like Pokemon labs. Open your third eye. This was the plan this the is, whole time. Chris Sale is gonna be a Cy Young contender again when he comes back. Wake up. Also, there are so many lefties right now. 
Like we have all the lefties. You've had like three lefties, and I think we're like halfway there with them. I think that there are three more. Yeah, like there's two. Like the next two spots are lefties because number seven is Brandon Walter. Why is he not on the team, Alex? You son of a bitch! Just cut Joe Jakes. You fuck. Whatever. I think they want to keep him stretched out, said because there's like no starting pitching in AAA right now because they're all in the majors. That's they're kind of enough. like, you know what? We can just put Walter, get a couple starts, and stretch a him out a little. <sighs> he only pitched once in like nine days, you know? So that's weird. So yeah, it's sad. He's not on the team anymore, but he's pretty good. I think he's like a ERA right around three since he's been up. So good he'll for be him. Back. He'll he'll be back. Number six is Chris Murphy, who isn't in the top five because the top five is unbelievably stacked right now. Uh, Chris Murphy's been really good. No complaints. I mean, like three, what, three inning performance the other day, like only one earned run. Like he has, yeah, he has like a 1.80 ERA. I think his war is almost exactly one right now. Yeah. Good shit, man. Good, good for Chris Murphy. For a guy whose ERA was like north of six, I think, in the AAA, he's done a hell of a job. Let's give him his flowers for his first major league win the other night. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most valuable statistic in the league. Let's go, Chris. Friend of the show, Chris Murphy. Tim and I got to, chat with him during the off season. So that was cool getting to see him Let's pitch go. live yesterday. I'm sure he's an amazing fellow with a great personality. Love Re- actually, yeah, really yeah. nice, really, cer- very cerebral. He, I think, and I've talked to a lot of very smart guys. He's one of, he's one of the smartest guys I think that we've had on the show. I, I think what we can acknowledge is the pesky bump is real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh like yeah. Him and Walter both made it to the majors. Yeah. Okay. It's real. Just saying, just saying Red Sox prospects. Come on, come on our show. <laughs> Major leaguers too. We're cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. You'll have the best season of your career, guaranteed. Do it. At number five, uh, he's risen like the phoenix. He's returned. He is him. He is Josh Winkowski. He's he looks like he did earlier in the year. Look, that's the best compliment I can give him. He's been fantastic. He still has a, a, a about a month and a half or two months of untrust that he has to work through, which is why he finds himself in the number five spot. But he deserves to be here. Josh Winkowski looked fantastic. But it's, sadly, oh, go ahead, Ed. It's not even necessarily sadly. It's just the four guys that are ahead of him have also been pitching really well. So it's yes. sort of it, it. It's sort of like, can you put him ahead of the next guy? I, I don't think after no. the guy's last performance, even if he might be a starter, like he's still technically coming out of the pen. So it's the bullpen trust meter. It's who's coming out of the pen. So. Absolutely. And you know, you said uh, like the Red Sox bullpen, like it just has so many lefties right now. The good news is, is that, uh, what is it? Four of these five spots are righties in the top five. Yep. So uh, that's a good sign, especially with another righty coming back. Who's going to slot into this top five. Yeah. I would tell you also that I put Schreiber, um, he would be at number, uh, uh, number three, if he were coming back, like if he were on this list, I would have put him at number three. He's going to be so valuable at number four, Nick, uh, Nick Penvetta. The bullpen legend. I I've literally called this so unbelievably hard. I've been saying this literally the entire year. Like the like Nick Pavetta is one of two pitchers. Uh, complete dog shit, unusable, should be DFA'd, or Roger Clemens reborn. He's like one of the two. There is no in between. So he is currently in his Roger Clemens reborn stage, and we can only revel in it and bask in its glory, and just hope that it stays here as long as possible and carries into the playoffs. <laughs> I got nothing to add on that one. Nothing to add. Wonderful. Yeah, nothing to add. Number three, Boobin Bernadigagaglo. (laughs) Bernadigagaglo. That is his name. Yeah. 
Well, people ask me, like, you know, like, when are you going to learn this guy's name? Then I spit in their face and tell them to go fuck themselves, because how dare you even speak to me to begin with? So <laughs> I saw this happen. <laughs> so <laughs> Tim's dying. But, can, yeah, Bernardino, uh, he's pretty good. Uh, he's been, like, really good the entire season. And he's, like, uh, the quintessential opener. He and Nick Pavetta are best friends. Like, it's true. I spotted them after the game. They were doing fucking, they were butt-chugging together. I, you know, can, can you guys confirm? I saw this. You guys saw this. Too, I right? can confirm that too, but I got a question for you, Hogdale. Have you ever, instead of spinning on their face, do you pick them up over your head and throw, toss them around like a pizza? Oh yeah, definitely. That is part of the war. That was actually like why I worked at a Casey's for two years to improve that, that aspect of my game. A Casey's? A Casey's is a, a uh, is that is that a Midwestern thing? It is. It is a, a place that is a convenience store and a pizza joint. And I was the main pizza maker. So is that's it, part of, you unlock some of the lore today, the Hogdale is, lore. Is the pizza any good? Oh, it's amazing. And uh, you, if you ever come down to Iowa, fucking have Casey's. Phenomenal pizza. Like, it's the best gas station pizza you've ever had by a mile. That seems like, I mean, that's like saying, though, it's like the best gas station sushi. Like, I still think I'm probably going to get sick from it just off of reputation. No, dude, genuinely? Like, fucking everyone who visits here says the same. Casey's is amazing. It's so fucking good. All right. I'll, I'll try it. I'll Shit's try it. It's got a very. But if I get sick, we're paying my hospital bill, Hawkdale, and I, I will, I, I will tear shit up there. I'll be very cranky. They'll, they'll charge you so much money. <laughs> that is absolutely fair. At number two, uh, he's been here like at what feels like for an eternity, because like there's literally been no reason to change number two and number one. Kenley Jansen, uh, he is the closer we all thought he was going to be. He's really fucking good. And at number one, like for this exact same reasoning again, is Chris Martin. He literally had, he's had like one bad outing the entire season. He's, he's also extremely good. <laughs> Remember when he got hurt for like a couple of weeks and then he came back and he just hasn't gotten hit. Missing not, not even a single step. Like he's been phenomenal, man. With Schreiber back, this bullpen, like I said before, is just so unbelievably disgusting. Like you have six dudes like you can reliably trust. And then like fucking the, the dudes after that are not even that bad. You have guys that, like, if they say they go back to a five man rotation and it's like eight or nine guys in the pen, you have a stable of dudes on the 40 man and AAA that you can bring up if somebody goes down and you're like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, literally. So, yep, that was this week's edition of the, the Ed Hand Bullpen Trustometer, uh, sponsored by uh, the, 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 the human sense of hope. <laughs> I, Nothing I more can't believe we're that. pulling all of these sponsors like that. Like, that's a crazy good sponsor. <laughs> it's crazy. Listen, I, I, I made have. some calls. I made some calls. You know people. Hogdale, make a call to Casey's. See if they'd like to sponsor the trust meter. <laughs> Honestly, they, that would be kind of awesome. God, they'd tell me to fuck off. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They tell, you, they tell you to fuck off, and then you'd pick them up over your head and flip them like a pizza. That's true. But, Absolutely. like, into a fan. There'd be, like, a fan over you, and you'd throw them into that, and... God, Casey's is so good. Now I'm craving pizza. <laughs> so that brings us to our uh, our second to last segment, and that is the uh, Timmy Hardcore Five. It is pinned, Hogdale. It is pinned, dude. Look, look at you guys. Look I believe these. so. Look at us pinning. Everything is pinned. Will Tim's list be fraudulent this week? Who knows? Probably. Or the adventure, adventure of finding out. All right, the. The Timmy Hardcore, Hardcore favorite player list. Hardcore is in all caps, so I had to say it like that. Here we go. At number five, Chris Murphy, completely uh, earned. He's really good. Like I said in the, in the Trustometer segment, 
he, he's also exciting and he's very handsome and very cerebral and you guys talk to him. So they're he is sure- very like, yeah, I actually like he's, he's uncomfortably good looking. Like I feel bad about myself looking at him <laughs> like that. So he's, he's what's known as uh, as a self-esteem crusher. Absolutely. So yeah, Chris Murphy, he's pretty good. Uh, he just managed to edge out Shohei Otani, who's moved up to number four, who I'm, I, I'm almost guaranteeing moved up one spot on this list, literally just because I cyber bullied Tim last week into having at the vibe spot. And I called him Stephen A. Smith, which in a way I respect, but at the same time, if I can show some backbone, you son of a bitch. I'm really <laughs> less, you know, it's funny because I think Shohei is objectively better looking than Chris Murphy, but I'm less intimidated by him I, uh, because of the fact that I'm not convinced he's a real person. Also, because he's, like the, I, I can't like the the, the rebo the, the, what the New Balance ads they're inescapable. Every time I watch a fucking baseball game, I'm assaulted with twenty of the same New Balance commercial. Show hey, please, I can't, I don't have the money to buy your shoes. Leave me alone. <laughs> I do. That man back there is not real. That's Edwin Embry's Otani. <laughs> I don't think he's real. I don't. He's like um, it's like that. Yeah, that that meme or like birds. Yeah, birds. They're not real either. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> You guys ever yeah. seen that meme where it's like a like a baby because you're like sitting there and like a dude's pouring like an entire office water bottle jug into its mouth and it just says like the government for the dude holding it and it's like birds are real is the water and like <laughs> dump it down the baby's gullet. <laughs> yeah, that's Shohei Otani. It's not real. The baby is society. <laughs> Wake up. A coughing baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we, 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 I mean, coughing bit, we all do know how that matchup, that famous legendary matchup between him and Hydrogen Bomb went, but, you know, we still move anyway. <laughs> Number three in the list, the legendary hardcore list, Ellie De La Cruz, who is still the most electrifying man in baseball. He's, he's just fucking pure fun to watch. Uh, and it's, it, it's, the type of miracles that he's had to do this season to like make people be like, you know what? I'm going to turn on a Cincinnati Reds game. Like that needs to be studied because like there's not a single recorded instance of someone saying that within the last three years before Ellie De La Cruz appeared on the team. <laughs> so, yeah. He's a stud of a player. Stud. He, he hit one 468 tonight. Of course he did. <laughs> what, what else is he going to do? Like, he had no, he had no choice, but to hit the ball that hard. <sighs> Number two. Uh, is one a longtime staple of this list. Uh, Tim loves him dearly. Is Bryce Harper? Boo! Uh, I... <laughs> Boo! Dude, t- 2018 baseball fans called. They fucking they want their not spicy take back. Ed. Boo! <laughs> Specifically, first baseman Bryce Harper because he looks like a natural over there. Boo! <laughs> Tristan Cassis is better than that fucking fraud. Let's all be honest. That's a real first baseman, Tristan Cassis. Terrible. And at at number one is uh, the greatest pitcher who's ever lived, Brian Bayo, which is a really good way to round out the list. Also, uh, honorable... He's on the eternity list. He's celebrating that he had sex nine months ago. So I like... know, dude. I'm just so tired of these dudes are just being so lazy. It's like, Show I, off. I had sex nine months ago. Like, good for We're you, We're not buddy. in high school anymore. Good we for don't you. Care. We don't care who's get, who's having sex. Like, you don't have to announce it to all of us with your fancy photo shoot with your beautiful wife. Like, get out of here with that. Get, tired get, of get, get out of here. Tired of this get bullshit, man. We don't want it. <laughs> sex bad. You heard it here first, folks. 
This is now the baseball in the cell show. <laughs> no. Oh God, that's that, this is. I should have known this whole time. I've been on Twitter for so long. I was indoctrinated, and I didn't even realize into the incel culture. Yeah, now you're the now you're the baby being forced uh, to drink bird water by the government. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then a minor league honorable mention is uh, Trevor Story. Surprised you didn't have Timmy Big Harper Bob list. on it. Uh, Bob did not make the list this week as Trevor Story was back. Let's go. Well, wow, what a what a cruel guy Trevor Story is. He forced poor Marcelo Meyer to play third base for the first time in his professional career. What a bully. <laughs> We're going to go on to our last segment now, and that's um, our look ahead. Um, our next series, which I think is only – is it only two games for this one, guys? Maybe. I'll double check. Yeah, I'm going to go get that up now, too, because – because I want to do that. I think we need like a sound effect. No, nope, we're going to get it, it up. But somebody oh. screaming, "Get it up!" at the at the at the microphone. I it is a two game that. series. You're right. I think that we definitely need that against um, the Braves. Let's see the Bravas. It's TBD versus Morton, and then Strider versus Bayo. Well, at least it's not TBD for the for both games like we've been getting, which is annoying. Um, so who do you have for game one, guys? Uh, Tim, uh, TB, who do you think TBD is going to be? That's tough. Maybe Joe Jakes again? Like, are we getting another freaking bullpen game? Or is this going to be a Pavetta game? I think it's going to be... I'm going to just pretend it's going to be a Pavetta I, I game. I feel like it's probably a Pavetta game, right? Yeah, just yeah. one-inning opener. Yeah, they used him for, like, one inning the other day as, like, a bullpen. So, game, yeah, well, he can't go six innings, he'll go five, which is still yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. And he's against Morton. The Red Sox always suck against Morton. I'm going Braves. Yeah, I'm going to take the Braves. I'm taking the Sox because you're both traitors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. Obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, game two. Who is uh? Who's he against? It's Bayo. Bayo Bay v Strider. Spencer Strider. Ooh, he's Spencer good. Strider has like the fucking coolest name that any human has ever been bored with. Yeah, the alliteration makes me think of like uh, a superhero with like spider powers, or like he can run on water, or so he's like water spider powers. Spencer Strider, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Bayo had a really cr- so we haven't seen this a lot from Bayo yet. He had a really crappy start against the A's. Is he gonna bounce back, or is he gonna kind of? I mean, I don't know. He had like seven straight quality starts. Here's what do you guys think? Here's what I know. No, what, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. It's a night game, correct? Yeah, I think actually I have no idea. It is a night game. Yeah, then he's fine. It's on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done fine. well on ESPN, both those Yankee games. He he just can't pitch when there's light out. It just needs to be like fake lights. Like LED Get those lights, lights <laughs> off. It can't be sunlights. Alright, so we're gonna say Bayo wins game two then. Like, yeah. listen, Brian Bayo, the one I, all I know is that he's Pedro Martinez's son, and Pedro Martinez lived for like the playing against the best teams in the brightest moments. So uh, I, I just feel like Brian Bayo is going to show up and put in a lights out performance. We love Bayo on this show. Um, I I think that he's going to pitch well. I, I just feel like the Red Sox just won two in a row, so now they're going to lose two in a row. <laughs> nope, we're shedding we're shedding the, uh, also, the five hundred label. Well, it's no, you know what the other thing is though. What day of the week are they playing? 
Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Are is the weekday show are are good things allowed to happen to them? They're cursed. <laughs> no, yeah, they're cursed. They're absolutely cursed. They need a bloody stock moment. But I'm they, gonna be they, on. I'm, I'm gonna be on that episode though. I need them to win. <laughs> oh well, can you bring? Can you, who are you gonna be? Are you gonna be on with Brady? Maybe, probably. I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, I don't tell Brady that like this is on him at this point that he needs to fix it. <laughs> I will. I'll make sure to let tell him know. that I blame him and solely him. This isn't on Brad. This isn't on Doink. This is on Ryan Brady because he didn't trust Tristan Cassis. Absolutely, this is true. All right, so that's gonna that's gonna be it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. We've got presumably a guest next week. I'm not going to go into too many details because I think that there is like a 50, 50 chance they flake out, but uh, if it, it'll be fun if we get them on for it. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, enjoy your week folks.